Welcome to Talk Theory. It's your host, Kiara Barnes, where I talk all things life, what makes us human, and what makes us superhuman. Sit back, relax, and join me for a chat. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Talk Theory. Glad to be with y'all again. Uh, Friendly reminder, per usual, Fantasy Island airs tonight on Fox 87 Central, and then we will air next day on Hulu, so make sure you're staying up to date with us. Um, I believe we're on our sixth episode, which is very exciting. Um, Yeah, so just stay in tune for that. Um, by the way, I know last week I attempted to do video, but let me be real with y'all. Um, essentially what happened was, uh, that setup was a little more complex. Um, I basically record all in my office space, but my office space duels as, um, where I do my self tapes and auditions and kind of a guest room so I you know was trying to make it cute and comfy and I basically had to move like a lot of my studio stuff like the podcast all that stuff um the mics and setup and I tried to put it in my room because it just looks better than the office space and it's just complicated to always be moving the the mic setup and everything so manifesting that I will find a new place and um, I'm just going to have like a dedicated room for the podcast. That way I can like build in a set and everything for that podcast and then also have like a dedicated room for myself tapes and any office work. And then have the guest room separate. You know what I'm saying? Like, let, let, we don't need to mix it all in one kind of thing. So, uh, manifesting that, and I will keep you posted when that happens. But for now, we're going to keep it simple. You know me, y'all. I'm on the, uh, you know, path of least resistance and uh, just doing what is feasible. <laughs> So, yeah, I don't know. I might still upload that video somewhere. I am working on a YouTube channel, getting some stuff set up so I can at least, like, do vlogs and things. So um, I'll keep you updated. I'm still a little shy about it, but um, eventually I'll start uploading on there. I'm kind of doing that on TikTok right now. TikTok's kind of my, like, go-to place, which is um, official Kiara Barnes um on tiktok so you can find me there but i'm kind of using that as my starter for vlogs and things all right anywho thanks for coming back to have another listen and chat with me so a movie has recently sparked a new way of thought and um so i kind of want to get into that on today's episode the movie i'm referring to is dune all right, and I know that it got a bunch of like crap because there's a lot of pretty people in there and it seems like it's all very whispery. And it's down here and it's like this and this is how everyone 
Yes. But honestly, I, I had to watch it a few times to get it in a in a way because I had never read the books or anything before now. I, I've watched the movie four times now. I, I haven't watched a movie more than twice or three times since the Twilight Saga. I went and saw Twilight. I'm not kidding you. 13 times like I I actually collected the tickets the ticket stubs they're somewhere in my family house because I was like so in love with that movie I would just go all the time with my friends my cousin anyone that wanted to go see it we would go see it we do like party showings to go see it yes I was a Twilight fan anyway (laughs) um the initial watch of Dune I was just Honestly, I was taken aback by the imagery. It was just shot so beautifully that I couldn't even fully follow along with the story. Um, I I have a little bit of ADHD, so um, I, I get distracted. Okay, so when I saw it the second time, I was really able to catch just a little bit more but then the third and fourth time it really really hit me and I was like dang like this movie is super deep and also super spiritual um which I find actually most sci-fi things have an undertone of spirituality and so I'm like okay maybe I actually do like the uh genre of sci-fi for that reason but um for me, Dune was all really about breaking through your fears, trusting yourself and your inner sense of knowing for guidance. And there's two particular scenes for me that stood out. So there's characters and stuff. There's Paul's, sorry, Paul Atreides, who's the Duke's son. And he's like in the next to line after his father or next in line to rule after his father. And then, of course, there's the Duke. And then um, his mother, Lady Jessica, is the is a Benny Jesseret, I believe. I'm just starting to learn this stuff because I just got on the book. But um, And basically what a Benny Jesseret is, is she's just master of mind and body. She uses her voice or the voice to be able to command action. And it essentially just puts someone in a dreamlike state where they have to do whatever the voice tells them to do, which we'll get into that in a little bit because that in itself is like super, super deep. Um, but just like giving you some, you know, context if you've never seen the movie or read the books. And now I might be giving up some super, I'm saying light spoilers, just an FYI. I, I'm saying light because it's not going to spoil anything. I I promise, really, truly. But I found it interesting the way the film discusses fear. And there's this particular moment where Paul is asked to have a meeting with someone in power, and there's just a lot of fear around the fact that he may, you know, not come out of that meeting alive. And his mother's just standing outside the doors where where it's happening, and you see that she's super visibly upset and scared. And 
you know, she's, she's kind of feeding into the fear. And then all of a sudden she stops herself and starts repeating this mantra. And I didn't catch it the first time, the first few times, to be honest. But then I heard it the last time I watched it. And I was like, what, what, what did she say? So I went to go double check um, what, what the mantra was. And this is what she was saying. It, she said, I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. Fear is the little death that brings total obliteration. I will face my fear. I will permit it to pass over me and through me. And when it has gone past, I will turn the inner eye to see its path. Where the fear has gone, there will be nothing. Only I will remain. And this is what I was talking about, the voice earlier and doing the English accent. Because in the movie, the first two times you're watching, you're like, what the heck? I must not fear fails the mind killer. Fears the little death that brings total obliteration. I will face my fear. It's very much that. You know, it's in the tone of, of, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Those kind of movies, those dramas where everyone's whispering and everyone's English and it has to be down here. And there's so much fear. <laughs> anyway, so breaking this down, right? Let's get focused. Breaking this down. So fear is the little death that brings total obliteration, meaning even in its smallness, it can completely shift a timeline based off of your own belief. Shift a timeline. But then it says, I will permit to pass, I will, per, sorry, I will permit it to pass over me and through me. So that means letting that fear go, right? Letting the fear, I'm permitting it to go through me and over me. And when it has gone past, I will turn the inner eye to see its path. Now, my dad had broke this part down for me. And he was saying the inner eye is referring to the third eye, meaning your deeper knowing self, your deeper knowing self that will be able to see the mirage of fear, the facade of fear. And the last bit that it says where the fear has gone, there will be nothing. Only I will remain. AKA the mirage, the facade. Right? When you look, it's just you there. Oh, it, it was never there. It's kind of like um, my dad used to tell me about this time when he took a, a film class and they did a whole chapter of learning on the power of music within movies and, and uh scoring and how that can shift a tone and permit some kind of reaction from the viewer and they were talking about this with scary movies how if you take out the scary music it's not as stimulating within fear for you whereas when you add a certain score that has frequencies of um, uh, melodies that might get your heart rate up then all of a sudden the scene is a lot more scary. And the, you know, even if nothing, nothing might, nothing, nothing might even happen in some of these scary scenes, but your nerve reaction, your nervous reaction is being stimulated from sound. So it's kind of like that of like, we, we play this scary score in our head of, Oh, it's going to be this and this. And as soon as we go, hold on, why would I think that? And we kind of break it down 
and we release that fear and we look back and it's like, oh, nothing was even happening. Um, so when I looked that up, what she was saying, the mantra, it, it really did blow, blow my mind and I thought that was a very, very powerful uh, mantra. The um, second scene that stood out to me was Lady Jessica and Paul. They, they're finding them, both of them, they're in a scenario where there is a lot presenting as fear and trying to, they're trying to control the outcome. And in this particular moment, Paul gets this intuitive thought to quite literally let go and release fear in this moment. In, in a moment where it's like, uh, I don't know about letting go here, folks, kind of thing. And, but he gets this intuitive thought to do it. And so, you know, he does it. And his mother, Lady Jessica, who's also consumed by fear in the moment, you know, she looks over at him and seeing what's going on. And then she just has to start, you know, her mantra again to let go of the fear. Um, you know, and they, they're, they end up being fine, but it's because he listened to that intuitive hit and it override, overrode the fear. Um, so those two scenes really stuck out to me and it's all about listening to your inner voice, trusting that you are being guided and just demystify fear. And now y'all are wondering, okay, what does this have to do with you and your life, Kiara? And honestly, I'm just in this flow state of life right now. I think it's an up and down experience, but I'm letting go of the control and the fear of things looking a certain way. You know, trusting that I'm being taken care of and trusting that there is an unlimited amount of love around me. Because I was telling my cousin this the other day, trying to apply old ways of the past to moments now in the present doesn't always match up, you know? It's like things that I used to do that worked when I was 18 or 20 or 23, whatever, don't really work for what it is that I'm doing right now because I'm different. I have had different experiences. I'm at a different level of my life. I'm experiencing such new, um, you know, endeavors and, and moments that, yes, the stuff from my past has helped me grow, but the things that, that maybe helped me get to one point uh, back then, it doesn't necessarily apply to now. So me trying to force, like, why isn't this working? Why isn't this? It's because I'm in a new point of my life. So therefore, I I, I have to have a new approach. Um, and an old the old approach just simply it doesn't work right now for for this point in time in my life. And staying open to okay, all right, I you know I don't know it all. Let's let's learn. Let's relearn. Let's let's get to a point where. It's, it makes sense for where I'm at right now. And of course, because I'm a human, you know, I'll have these moments of fear and have, have to choose, you know, which path am I going to ride on? And I, I can either ride out, you know, a reality in which I believe 
in fear and live that out. Or I can choose to demystify with all the ample evidence around me showing that I'm, I am supported, safe, protected, and then live out that reality. It's, it's the whole, it's the whole red pill, blue pill moment. And let's talk about the using the voice. Cause I think it's just such a wicked, like wicked cool, um, thing to put in a, in, in a, in a movie or a concept the power in the movie that it conducts is so, so intense. And as of late, I've had some experiences where I, I had to use my own version of the voice. And I had an event, okay, where I was getting dressed for a particular thing. And let me just give some context too. Coming from the modeling industry and the fashion background, my specific experience and what I noticed as a black woman within these fashion spaces is that at least me, I get ultra, ultra masculated in fashion. Like it's immediately like, how can we put her in, you know, the more masculine looks than a feminine. And they just put you in this category of androgynous, androgynous rather than allowing, you know, to play in, in femininity. And, you know, like I said, this was definitely my experience. I, I've been told, oh, you know, you've got a cool urban street look. So let's put you in sneakers or let's put you in, in a, a jumpsuit or, you know what I mean? Meanwhile, Becky and Ashley are in the fashion runway show with me, but they get, you know, the dresses and the really pretty glitzy diamondy thing. But I'm the only person without heels and walking in sneakers and stuff because oh she's she's urban she's you know exotic looking and look I'll say you know when I was younger I didn't have much power with my voice at all and in modeling it's honestly honestly just hard to speak up things happen all the time that are terrible because there's no one to report it to I don't know if y'all knew this, but there's no union for models. Absolutely nothing. Can't report a thing. You're a free agent at the hands of these employers. And they have so much power over you because of that uneven, you know, unbalanced power dynamic that's happening. So... You can't really say, oh, I'm not comfortable wearing this because they go, okay, then leave. And they hire someone else for the job that will be okay with it because guess what? You know, you got rent to pay, period. So now that I'm in my acting career and have more say in how I want to present, I am actively choosing to be seen in a more feminine light because that's what makes me feel best and most comfortable. All to say, when I was at this particular fitting, there was a woman that one wasn't giving me the time of day, you know, and she was just really short. And what I was gathering from that, she just didn't see the value in me because she didn't know who I was, which is fine, whatever. And years previous, I would have felt really insecure about that. But because I know who I am, 
and I'm confident in who I am, I didn't let it bother me. In fact, she was a lot more chaotic in energy and I was just very calm, you know? So we walk into this room. I see there's two racks. One rack is looking pretty bleak. Not a lot of options to select from. And then there's this other rack with some other styles that maybe I'd go towards. And so she keeps pulling from this bleak rack and it's got more of this eccentric, these eccentric patterns or masculine, maybe even sporty kind of thing vibe going. And she keeps trying to hand me these options to try on. But instead, I'm, I'm keeping my hands in my pockets. There's like something physically, I, I could not grab any of the items she was giving me because it didn't align. And, you know, she keeps going, oh, you know, you, you got this cool look with the braids. It's so edgy and sporty, so you can wear this. <laughs> And when I tell you, it it felt so uncomfortable and hard to tell her no because I've been put in plenty of situations where I didn't get a choice or I would be viewed as the diva or the loud black girl all for saying no and, and utilizing my choice. But, you know, I said, you know what, I'm going to stick to my voice because... I knew if I went to this event, I would feel so uncomfortable if I didn't feel good in what I was wearing. So, you know, I just said, well, hey, is there, you know, is this the only thing that's out and available on this rack? And she goes, yeah, yeah. And so I go, well, maybe I can mix one of these sporty tops with a dressier bottom. You have something I could look at for that. And she goes, oh, no, we can't mix. It's either full sporty or full And I catch her and I go, or the full dressier designer look. And I just see her face change and she is like mad. Okay. And she goes, um, yeah, I guess I can go pull some options. So I'm like, okay, great. You know, I'm, I'm, I'll be here. (laughs) So, you know, she comes back and of course there's suit options. And don't get me wrong, I love a nice suit moment every once in a while, but folks just have a hard time. Just bring me the dresses, bring me the skirts, right? It's like, why do we, anyway, but I thought, you know what, these are better than what the other looks were. Let's see. I put them on, kind of like, "Eh," you know, she asked how I'm feeling the looks. I just said, you know, hey, I would like to look at more options. She gets frustrated. So she passes me off to a different stylist. And, you know, honestly, I'm so glad I stuck to my voice. Despite the energy she was giving me, I was still respectful, still nice. I was grounded. But intuitively, I knew to just, you know, don't accept anything less. And... I'm so glad because it ended up working out amazing. I told this new person how I was feeling um, and he fully supported and all of a sudden got me, all of a sudden I had all the dress options, all the skirt options. I'm like, okay, so where were these? You were, you know? And I ended up going to this event feeling absolutely beautiful. I looked like a freaking princess. And I, in the moment when we were fitting, I, I had to share with him. I just said, hey, like, I feel like we don't share the good thoughts with people enough. And I just want to tell you 
Thank you so much for being present with me and caring. You made me feel so safe and heard and absolutely beautiful. And we just had this nice moment. And he goes, you know, I just, I love what I do. And I said, you, and I go, you can tell, you can tell you love what you do. And so using the power of your voice to stand up for yourself moves mountains. And it doesn't mean that you need to be rude or need to raise your voice. It's it's really about being confident and absolute in who you are and what you want to represent and, and or be. And how others feel about that is their own prerogative, right? It's their own prerogative. It has nothing to do with you. It's not your job to explain or to break stuff down for. Not everyone needs to like you, you know? But you sure do need to love yourself, period. <laughs> so the theory, of the theory of the week is letting your voice be the deciding factor of who you are will keep dismay at bay. Mm-hmm. That's a rhyme. Okay. Thanks again. <laughs> for listening to today's episode. I am so glad. It's nice to be able to have real life experiences and get on here and just share with you guys and and you listen and and it, it just it means a lot. And I had a lot of fun, you know, geeking out about Dune and such. So if you haven't watched that watch that movie, if you're into sci-fi, into the spiritual realm, it, it's a deep movie. You just got to pay attention. Um, okay. Anyway, remember, folks, tonight, all new episode of Fantasy Island, 8, 7 Central on Fox, and then next day on Hulu. So I shall see you there. Okay. Love you. Bye. Bye.